Well, good morning. As Don mentioned at the beginning of the service, if you missed that, if you're experiencing any lag or buffering, uh, just know that when we post it later on, that'll be resolved and you can watch it then as we're experiencing a little bit of internet challenges, but we trust that this will be a blessing to you at whatever point that you listen to it. Let me just pray. Lord, I just thank you for just this beautiful reminder, the reminders that we've already had this morning from your word, from even just this video of just your peace that you desire for us. And now, Spirit of God, Prince of Peace, we just invite you again into these moments. Awaken us to your reality. Help us to see you, to know you, to trust you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are in a series, as you know, called The Faces of Advent. And... um, A face is a remarkable thing. A face is a remarkable thing that that gives us a window into a person's life. And apparently a face has about 43 different muscles, and those muscles are contracting and relaxing and causing each one of us to have a whole variety of different expressions uh, on our face. And we can see so much from people through those different expressions. One of my favorite ads that's on TV right now is actually, I think it's a Cadbury chocolate commercial, and maybe some of you are familiar with it. And it's about this little boy who's sitting on a bus and he's sitting beside his mom. And they're on the side seats and beside him is this girl that's a little bit older than her, him, a young uh, teenage girl, and she's crying. And so, of course, he offers her a bit of his Cadbury chocolate bar. But, but the best scene is just that fleeting moment where he gives an expression, just this cute little expression on his face that's just for like one second. And it causes her to smile. And I love that picture of how powerful an expression can be and how it can emit all kinds of emotions, but also how our faces can reveal so much that are going on within us. They're a window into our soul. They're a window into the realities of our lives in so many different ways. And you know that for people that you love and that you're close to, you can look at their face, and in just a fleeting second, you can tell immediately uh, so much of what's going on. And you can say, okay, so what's what's going on in your life right now? Or you can just see uh, so much that's happening within just by the various expressions that you see uh, on their face. You know, and so as we talk today about uh, faces of peace, uh, one of the best images of peace that I can think of is an image uh, of our dog, actually. It's Bella. And uh, this image of her, multiple images of her when she's like sleeping in the crazy way that she sleeps in the sun, totally inappropriate, I get it, um, but also just the, the peaceful demeanor of a dog is an incredible thing. Uh, wouldn't it be amazing to be a dog? I mean, just not a care in the world. So here's some expressions and faces of peace. But my question for you would be, what is your face expressing these days? You know, how is it that you are conveying a sense of peace? Are you able to convey a sense of peace amidst everything that's going on? How is it that you are proclaiming peace and the hope of the gospel in a time when it seems like so much is swirling around us? But I just pray today that as we look at the Word of God, again, as we allow the Spirit of God to speak into our lives, and as we look again at the promises of God that are being fulfilled, that we would experience and we would know a kind of peace that is very real and that is very evident even on our faces in these days. So one of the expressions of peace is the peace that is found in the ordinary. And if we look at Luke chapter 2, which we've been hearing from already this morning, I'd encourage you to to turn there and to look at Luke chapter 2 as we see one expression of peace is one that is found in the ordinary. 
And I know that for many of us, we, we long for the ordinary now, don't we? When things seem so out of normal, we, we long for things to return to some semblance of normal, and we, we long for the ordinary. And yet, if we spend too long in the ordinary, then pretty soon we want something extraordinary to happen in our lives. And so we are far too easily dissatisfied. But we live so much of our lives in the ordinary, and Peace is found in the ordinary, and we see that in our text today. We saw that in the video that we just saw, and the everyday smells that bring us back to life, uh, to, to safe places in our childhood, or maybe the uh, everyday touches of people that love us, or the everyday miracles of just being able to take the next breath. And so, the story of Christmas is a remarkable story that is a work of peace in a very seemingly ordinary way. You know, the circumstances of Jesus' birth, uh, if you're familiar with the story, which I know many of you are, is a humble story. It's in many ways an ordinary story. The beginnings of Jesus' life were as average as they come in many ways, at least many of the contexts and circumstances. And you probably know the story. Jesus born in some kind of place where there were animals. I mean, it was born in some kind of barn or manger. He was born in a feeding trough. Uh, he was born where his parents, Mary and Joseph, brought him to the city of Bethlehem. And it was just this small, unassuming place, but it was a place of their origins. And they went there actually to take a census, because largely because probably it was about taxes. Taxes are as ordinary as it gets. And so the, the circumstances of Jesus' birth in so many ways were so ordinary. And the first people that were brought into this story that were told to come and see and also told to go and tell were shepherds that were in a field that day, very ordinary people. Shepherds would be considered the, the most normal Joes that you would find in that culture. They were the blue-collar workers who just kind of went to work and did their thing day after day, and not a lot changed in their life. It was pretty ordinary. They were ones who provided food and textiles for the people that they lived with. And in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 10, it says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And so the mysteries of heaven, as represented by these angels that come and break into their ordinary lives, the, the mysteries of heaven are revealed to them just for a moment as it's almost like the curtain of heaven is kind of peeled back and they are able to see some extraordinary things that God is doing. And what seems to be an ordinary birth is of an anything but ordinary baby. But there are things that are important not to rush past in the truth of this. You see, God is a God who invites the ordinary into his story, and in doing so, he changes their story as it joins together with the extraordinary. And so he continues to do so today, to invite all people to encounter Jesus, to, to have the veil of our lives pulled back and to see just a little bit more about what God is doing. And so you need to know that if you feel ordinary in whatever way, if you feel like your life just kind of goes through the drill, you go to work every day or you go to school every day or you're studying online every day or it just seems to repeat itself over and over, then you need to know that this story is for you. The story is for each one of us. Maybe we experience the same problems, the same habits, the same issues, but that is an important piece for us to understand that God's peace breaks into the ordinary. 
So these angels and these shepherds, they, they said, the angels said to the shepherds, do not be afraid. It was a statement of peace. Now, I don't know if, if you understand this, maybe is what the angel was saying. You may not understand this, but God is in this. God is with you. God's got this, and it's going to be okay. It's a statement of peace that the angels were saying to the shepherds. You know, an interesting thing that's happened this year is that so many people are more spiritually hungry probably than have ever been before. And, and many of you are familiar with the YouVersion Bible app, and uh, many of you have it on your phones. It's the most downloaded app in the world in terms of a Bible. And uh, I use it almost every day. And what's been interesting is that this year there have been so much increase in terms of its usage. They have had about an 80% uptake of people being involved with this app. In this last year alone, there were 2.5 billion highlights, bookmarks, and notes through this app. And so far in the year 2020, uh, they have completed nearly 600 million searches. That's an 80% increase. And the most searched verse on this app this year was Isaiah 41, verse 10, which simply says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up by my victorious right hand. And it's just a reminder that people are looking for peace amidst anxiety, amidst uncertainty and fear. And so as we return to our ordinary shepherds, after calming their fears, the angel said, do not be afraid. They declare, here's what God is doing. I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Commentator uh, Daryl Bach, he says this. He says, humanity has nothing to fear when God moves in grace. And you know, the birth of Jesus is a move of extravagant grace. This is a, a picture of peace in the ordinary. It's a reminder that God comes for all. He doesn't just come for the elite, doesn't just come for the downtrodden, doesn't just come for the Jews, doesn't just come for the people in the west or the east or the south or the north or, or uh, any kind of different differentiation. He comes for all people of all ages, of all stages of life, of all places, we are invited to come and see and to respond to the Prince of Peace. The other thing that's interesting is that Jesus seems to be in the habit of entrusting incredible good news with ordinary people. I mean, just think of Mary and Joseph, these two, what were probably teenage people who were now entrusted with carrying and parenting the Son of God. You think of these shepherds who were like these ordinary people who were now entrusted with being the first people to come and see and then go and tell what God was doing in the world. And if you think about this story later on and you kind of fast forward to the end of the Gospels and the pinnacle of the story where Jesus is crucified on a cross, put in a tomb, and he rises again, the resurrection story, you see this uh, entrustment that God has with ordinary people once again. As the two Marys, they go rushing to the tomb and they see that the stone is rolled away and an angel of the Lord is there again and the angel again says to them, don't be afraid, but entrust them with incredible truth. And you need to know that women in that time, they weren't allowed to even testify in court because their word wasn't considered valid. They were considered quite low in the society of that day. And yet, they were the first ones to come and see. They were the first ones that God entrusted to go and tell and give testimony to what was happening. And so the angel says to the two Marys at the tomb in Matthew 28, don't be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. And come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. 
So ordinary women, ordinary shepherds, and we as ordinary people are invited to come and see, to come and see what God is doing. And they both respond, the women and the shepherds, they respond in obedience and faith, and they go. It says, going back to the Luke passage, that when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing has happened which the Lord has told us about. And you know, their journey to go and see should be actually the journey of every one of us, an invitation to go and see again and again what God is doing, again and again what God has done, and to be reminded of that. And so peace comes to us in the ordinary. Peace also comes to us in our discipline. You see, peace comes in our hardships and our pain. Peace comes to us in our trials and struggles, and when we go through things in life that don't make sense or that seem to just kind of go on and on and we're not exactly sure what to do with them, when our, our safety nets are removed from our lives one after another, or the difficult things that we're going through just don't seem to go away. The writer of Hebrews considers, says to consider this as God's discipline in our lives. And let me just read a, a few of the verses here in Hebrews chapter 12, where the writer says, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children, for what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? And they disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we might share in his holiness. And then listen as the writer continues and he he says, listen to this promise and pursuit of peace in the midst of hardship and God's discipline. The writer says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees, make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed, and make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So you see, peace is a quality of the Spirit that grows within us as we submit our lives to God and as God does His work in our lives that feels like discipline, feels maybe like hardships, feels like challenges. But as we surrender our will and as we repent of our sins, and as we submit our lives again and again to God, the peace uh, that comes in our life, it grows like a fruit in our lives. And it comes from this tender pruning of God. We're also called in this passage to make every effort, make every effort to live in peace. It's a choice that we make every single day, how we respond when we're criticized, when we're undermined, how we respond when difficult things happen to us or we're ignored by certain people or whatever the case. So we need to remember that peace is not the absence of conflict, struggle, and pain. But peace is actually the pursuit and the presence of Jesus right in the middle of all that. It's how God disciplines us, grows us, and helps us to live lives of faith. Another face of peace is our future peace. Because you see, Advent is joining with those people in that first century that we read about in the Luke story that had been waiting four centuries. They've been waiting for a Messiah. They've been longing for that. 
and we join with them and we celebrate with them that first Christmas. When it happens, we celebrate this birth of Jesus who came to rescue, seek, and save the lost. But Advent is also a time of joining with all creation in anticipation of Christ's return, His second coming, that future peace. When, when Jesus will restore all things in a new heaven and a new earth, because we know that we live in a broken world right now. We live in this time of the now and the not yet of God's kingdom, celebrating what God has done and celebrating what God will yet do. The Apostle Peter, he says it this way, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. And so we wait, continuing to believe that God will fulfill his promises in his way and in his timing. And that is the future peace that we look forward to. You know, the other thing that we're called to do while we wait is we're called to proclaim this peace. And we do that in faith, even though maybe the circumstances of our lives don't allow us to feel it in the ways that we would like to, but we proclaim this peace because of what God has done. Just like the shepherds were told to do after they had seen for themselves, they went and spread the news that God is on the move. In Luke 2, again, verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And so the response of the shepherds is obedience, proclamation, and praise. And we're invited to the same thing. As we live in this in-between time, we too are to continue to seek Jesus, to trust Him, to receive His forgiveness, to tell others, and to praise God. You know, we can so easily take God's story and the Prince of Peace for granted, or else we can disbelieve that this kind of peace might actually come. When it feels like we just continue to live in the ordinary or we live with the fear or pain or the struggles that we feel like will never end, or we wonder if God's future promises will ever be fulfilled. But every once in a while, just like for these shepherds, every once in a while, that God would just peel back the curtain of the heavens and allow us to see just a glimpse of what God is doing. And I pray that in this Advent season that you would see some of that, that God would reveal himself to you in certain ways and through his Holy Spirit that you would have just even the veil of your life and of the heavenlies pulled back and just to see what God is doing and that God would enter in your life as the Prince of Peace. Because you need to know that God is in your life right now. He's at work. And Jesus is always inviting us to come and see. Come and see. Come and experience again what he has for us as the Prince of Peace in the midst of our ordinary or the midst of our painful experiences. And I want to close this morning with reading again the passage from Philippians 4 and, and just to read it as our collective prayer that we might reflect on this, pray in this, and experience this together. So Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understandings, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, 
If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen.